Hello and welcome back to a brand new Dave Cave podcast. It's great to finally be back with a brand new episode and boy do we have a good one. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers as they captured their 17th NBA championship in franchise history and LeBron James captured his fourth finals MVP just a couple of weeks ago. The MLB playoffs are in full swing with the World Series tied at 2-2 after a crazy victory for the Tampa Bay Rays in Game 4. Mizzou football captured their second consecutive win over the weekend against Kentucky and hits the road next weekend to take on Florida. And to top it all off, Mizzou Cross Country heads to Baton Rouge for the SEC Championships. And this takes us right into our guest today, Mizzou Cross Country and track phenom Kieran Wood. Today's guest is Mizzou Cross Country star Kieran Wood. Kieran, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm doing good. So you just came off the, the big win out at Gans Creek and the team was able to get it done. How are you feeling? How did that race go for you? Uh, yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, a little bit of a surprise win. Didn't have a great uh, build up the week before. Um, but I guess, you know, I'm, I'm a fifth year senior, so it's, uh, it's nice to be able to have some experience to fall back on. And uh, I've seen it all before, which is nice. Um, and the team's shaping up nicely, so ready to go for SECs. Yeah, for sure. And now that, uh, that new course out there that Mizzou's got, so, um, but that was your second year, the second year the team's run on it, but that was your first year on it. How did it feel to finally get to actually race on it after doing some workouts out there? Uh, it was good. It's good. Um, the workouts on there don't really do it justice. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of stop start. And when you actually start to race and run the whole thing as a loop, you start to see that the course really flows and you can, you can run really fast on there. The, cor- the corners, you fly around them. And yeah. It's good fun. Yeah, it's definitely a different course when you have to run the whole 8K. You don't get to stop in between. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, so you're originally from Cambridge, is that right? Correct. So what was it like growing up out there, and how did you get into running? Yeah. Um, so growing up in England, I guess, like most kids in England, I wanted to play football or soccer, as you guys call it over here. Uh, <laughs> That's what my dad did, and that's what I grew up doing until I was 14, 15. That's what everyone, that's what everyone does. That's what you do in you know, school. Um, so that was my priority. That was my first passion. Um, but when I got to you know, 15 years of age, and I started to move up onto 11 v 11 pitches, and I was, you know, I'm built like a distance runner. I'm, I'm yeah. skinny. I'm, I'm short <laughs> at the time. And, I just was coming off second best in a lot of 50-50s and getting bullied. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I built up a decent fitness level from playing, um, decent fundamentals. Um, so um, I wanted to stay active. I didn't want to give up completely and uh, yeah. invited to join the running club. And uh, my career in the sport took off from there. Yeah, nice. That, I mean, I, that's a, I feel like a, that's a common story hearing about soccer players who – find their true calling and running, but that's, that's cool. So did you play any other sports growing up or was it just mainly soccer was the, the one thing? No, was, yeah, just straight soccer for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, do you have any siblings back home or around the world? Yeah, I got three younger brothers. Right. Um, so the, the eldest of my younger brothers and me played in the same soccer team. So okay. um, we were competitive growing up, you know, as you are, um, yeah. we'd always play in the back garden. You could, get the better of one another so yeah now do they are they running too or are they still stuck on soccer uh no we've all soccer's no longer 
played oh, yeah. by any of us. Um, we all moved into track, and yeah. two of them run. One of them's a high jumper. Oh, nice. Now, uh, so what was high school like back then? When did you did you graduate high school? Like someone would hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would have graduated high school in two thousand and fifteen. Uh huh. It's a while back. A while back now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, what, what did you do after high school? Did you come straight to Mizzou or did you run professionally for a little bit or what? Uh, so I took a year out um, just to try and work out what I wanted to do. Um, so I got a part-time job and started to focus on my running for a little bit. And then at that point, I decided I wasn't ready to move across the, the pond yet. So I did my undergraduate degree in the UK. Okay. Uh, so was a little bit more academic focused rather than athletic focus and I yeah. felt like at the time that's what I wanted and that's what I needed uh -huh. um, so I did my undergraduate um, and then after that having got a degree in my back pocket I decided you know why not give my running a go for two or three years and move out across the states and run in the collegiate system which is yeah a lot more competitive than what we've got in the UK yeah so when you were getting your undergrad did you did you know that was the plan afterwards to move over here and run? Or did you think you were just going to get your degree and find a job? Um, in the back of my mind, it was a possibility. Uh -huh. um, I was talking to schools uh, over here in my second year of three, just a three-year undergraduate in the UK. Uh -huh. um, so pretty early on. But at the same time, I was also trying to work out whether there's a possibility to just go professional straight away. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, an injury got in the way, so my professional option disappeared. I decided to move out here. Yeah. Now, what was, what was the recruiting process for you? Like, what other schools did you talk to? Was it a fish? For sure, you were, wanted to move over to the United States? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd, I definitely decided in my third year uh, out in the UK that I wanted to move out here. I wanted to run collegiately. Um, I felt like I wanted to test myself against the best that – you know the world has at our age group and yeah that's what the U the u.s collegiate system has you have you have people from kenya you have people from australia etc so um that was the logical move for me um recruiting process a lot most of it was done online um a lot of a lot of skype and zoom calls a lot of online tours of facilities looking at the program history looking at the record books yeah. um, and then i had an official visit at mizzou one at Tulsa and then one at Belmont in Nashville. Okay. Now, was it like when you got here, it was like, yep, I'm going to Mizzou or were you like Tulsa's pretty cool, Belmont's nice or what was that like? Yeah, I mean, all three schools, I picked three schools that had three very different fields. Um, Tulsa is obviously a, a massive distance program. They're very successful. Um, for me, I wanted to have the option of a potentially you know, big program where I could go in and be a piece of a you know, national competitive side yeah um mizzou is the sec school you know big facilities yeah um, and yeah that was the option then then belmont was a lot smaller but in a big city so yeah. for me i had three very different options just to try and explore and see what i wanted to do um, yeah. and in the end i felt like mizzou was where personally i'd have the most growth yeah for sure i mean that's really been noticeable over the past couple of years. Now, uh, how many schools did you say you were in contact with before you came on those three visits? Oh, that's a great question. Um, when I was in undergrad level, probably not that many, probably nine, 10. Yeah. Um, but when I was coming out of high school, I 
had a lot more contact then. Um, yeah. I think out of high school, my stock, so to speak, was higher. Um, I was recruited a little bit heavier as a 17, 18 year old than I was as a 21 year old. Yeah. Now you've dealt with some, some big injuries over the past couple of years that have kept you on and off the races and the track. What, what injuries have you had before? Um, yeah, so in the UK, I had, a foot, I had foot surgery where they removed a nerve from my foot. Oh, wow. Um, it's almost like, kind of like a blood clot on my nerve. Uh-huh. Uh, so they took that out from my foot. So that took me, that sidelined me for a year. Wow. Uh, but I was healthy when I came into Mizzou. Uh-huh. Um, but then last cross season, last fall, I had a stress fracture in my hip. Um, so that sidelined me for another six months. Yeah. Um, and then since then, it's just been, you know, missed a couple of days here and there with something that's not quite right. And ultimately, I think it's just, you know, I'm starting to get older. And yeah. the wear and tear is starting to set yeah. in a little bit. So. Yeah, you're becoming an old man out here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just been like on and off injuries. You can't seem to put a full season together. Yeah. yeah but, exactly. uh, this is this is the year right here that you're gonna you're gonna put it Hopefully, all Hopefully touch wood. Yeah, I know, knock on some wood. <laughs> um well that's great. I mean I mean dealing with those injuries has gotta be crazy, but being able to persevere through that is incredible. Um, so what's your current mileage looking like right now? Um, right now, like you say, it's been, like with most of my career recently, it's been up and down. Um, yeah. Ideally, I'd want to sit at the 60 to 70 type range for cross yeah. season. Um, in reality, I've probably been more the 50 to 60. Yeah. Um, but you know, I have good weeks and bad weeks, so it just you roll with the punches, um, yeah. and trust that <clears throat> when you've been doing this as long as I have, that you, your body gets used to things. And like I said, you know that mental piece, the fact that I've seen, I've raced a lot of these guys before, I've experienced a lot of these experiences before. Um, just try to not stress over the the finer details too much. Yeah, for sure. Now, what what was your mileage like back in the UK before you came out here? <clears throat> Um, pretty similar, pretty similar. Um, initially when I came out here, I was expecting to creep my mileage up a bit more. Um, I was hoping to be able to sit in the seventies by now. Um, but obviously, you know, this, the stress fracture I had last year, um, was the wrong time is a cross country season. So I was wondering, we're trying to build mileage. So, um, yeah, my mileage hasn't really changed too much for yeah. you know, probably four four years now. Yeah, yeah. So now um, I'm sure you've heard about the NCAA's speculation about trying to do a uh, cross country championships in the in the winter in February and March. What are what's your take on that? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure at the moment. There's a lot of speculation. Um, my my goal right now is just to be able to get consistent mileage. Um, yeah. get healthy um, if I can get consistent I think I can hopefully be in a position where come February whether we're you know running the the two miles the 3k the mile indoors or whether we're running 8k 10k cross country yeah. if I'm healthy I think we can put myself in a position where I'm ready to do either yeah uh, you know we get winter break we get a nice four-week block there so hopefully by that point we'll know what we're doing and I can go back to the drawing board for a few weeks yeah it seems to be that way where there's just no decision made and then the season comes up and it's like, all right, well, I guess we'll, we'll go now. 
So do you prefer cross country or indoor or outdoor track? What's the, what's the favorite? Uh, I'm a track guy. Definitely yeah. a track guy. Um, we don't really do a lot of indoor back home in the UK. So yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. It was a new experience for me. Um, uh, since I've been at Mizzou, that was my most successful season. Yeah. Um, I haven't yet had a healthy outdoor season yeah. um, out here, but definitely a track guy. Yeah. Now, was cross country big back home or was it mainly track? Uh, yeah, cross country was big. We have two, we basically have two seasons. You have a cross country season and an outdoor track season. Um, yeah. And cross country just looks slightly differently. It's a little bit longer, um, muddier, slower. It's a little bit more of a, you know, uh, who can tough this one out rather than who can run fastest. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, uh, what's been the most memorable race you've ever had in a Mizzou jersey? Oh, in a Mizzou jersey? Um, for me, it would be breaking the four-minute mile in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, take me through that race. What was, what was going on through your mind before, before the meet, during the race? What was that like? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we knew, I knew for probably two months that this, this date in February was the, the goal. That was where we were trying to run the mile. Yeah. Um, we had that drawn out for a while, me and Coach Burns. And um, I knew what the mile, I knew what the school record was. I knew yeah. what I needed to run. Um, yeah. uh, so, you know, that was, that was our goal. That was our target for the season was that race. Yeah. Um, and when it came to race day, to be honest with you, I felt tired. Um, Nebraska was, it was a long bus trip and I felt a little bit sluggish, but um, the noise that we had in that arena that day was unbelievable. Um, and I think the last 400 meters of the race, I was running off the, the noise in the arena, not, you know, yeah. actually in, in my legs. My legs were starting to hurt, but yeah. um, our team, the zoo team, were making a lot of noise. We had a big team there that weekend. And, yeah. um, they carried me through the line for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, how, so how do you deal with like pressure, like the, the, yeah, like the pressure of having a big race like that when you know that's the goal? How do you deal with that kind of stuff? Um, I think for me, there's two. It's twofold. Um, firstly, as you know, as a competitor, as an athlete, you mm -hmm. live for those pressure situations. You know, those yeah. are the situations that we want to be in. Um, every athlete will want to be in a position where they can win a championship or run a PR, break a record. So yeah. um, we spend our whole lives chasing that pressure situation. So you've got to embrace it when it comes. Um, yeah. It's easier said than done a lot of the times. Um, but trying to remember that when the, those pressure situations come, that's what you've been practicing for for years. Yeah. Um, and secondly, for me, um, my faith is important to me, my very important to me. So just understand that win or lose um, is, is largely irrelevant. You know, yeah, our sports career, athletic career lasts, you know, maybe 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and it's great once it lasts, but, you know, there's a lot, a lot more at play. You know, you're the, the character you are off the track to yeah. me is more important than the person, the um, results I put on on the track. Yeah, no, I totally makes sense. And once you're able to like accept that, I feel like it makes an even bigger difference. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was in Portland last December for a race and there was um, a spokesperson who was talking about how every race and every run should be done with a purpose um, and like having a reason to be there. And I'm curious, what, what would you say is your purpose? What motivates you to get up and go run every morning or get up and be ready to race? Yeah. Um, 
I guess the main one, as I said, is my faith. Um, I believe I've been given a talent and an opportunity that a lot of people haven't got. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to use that to the best of my ability, um, almost as like a thank you um, for the talent I've got, but also acknowledging that because of my ability to run, I've met multiple people. I've had ex- great experiences. I've traveled the world. You know, I wouldn't be living out in the States yeah. if I wasn't a runner. So, um, yeah, it's, it's opened up a lot of doors for me. And if I don't, if I give anything less than my best, I feel like I'm wasting the opportunity. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't sit right with me. It's yeah. Go hard and give my best. And, um, yeah, it's, it's an honor, honor to God for the gift. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way to do it. Um, so you said the, the Nebraska breaking four was your favorite race. What's been your favorite course or meet to be a part of regardless of performance mm. atmosphere, maybe. Um, that's a great question. Uh, I love the SEC meets. Yeah. The SEC meets, whether it's indoor, outdoor, cross country, yeah. um, it's a level of competition that you you'll struggle to find anywhere else. Right. Uh, highly competitive, great team spirit, lots of energy, lots of noise. Um, you're there for a few days. It's like a it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, they do a really good job of putting on an event that's high quality, and the results you get out there speak for themselves. You know, you look at last year's outdoor or two years ago, 2019 outdoor season. And yeah. We had a couple of world champions, you know, competing at the SEC meet. And, yeah. um, the fact that we're able to stand there on the track and rub shoulders with people that are that level and that's just accepted that that's going to happen at the SEC meet is pretty cool. Yeah. Now, what's been the coolest place you've got to travel through running? Ooh. Um, wow. So I, I really enjoyed, I, ran, I went and ran in Bulgaria for Great Britain a few oh, yeah. years ago and it was in a ski village and it was at Christmas. So just wow. the snow and the festive time of year was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, but equally, I've traveled at some great places out here, you know, racing in LA yeah. um, for Mizzou was, was really cool. That was somewhere I, I wouldn't be able to, I probably wouldn't be able to afford to do that on my own. So yeah, um, yeah those two for sure. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I didn't know about the Bulgaria with the UK. That's that's got to be some something else. Hmm. So you're um, you got your degree back home in the UK, and then you came here to do um, grad school. So what's the what's the major of choice out here for grad school? Yes, yeah, so I'm doing uh, exercise physiology for my masters, and I did sports science for my undergrad. Yeah. Now, what's the what's the plan after graduation? Um. The fine details are not yet, you know, still up in the air a little bit, but um, for me, like I said, my passions, my two biggest passions right now are my faith and my sport. Yeah. And I'm trying to go into a line of work where I can incorporate the two. Yeah. Um, the details aren't necessarily, haven't been agreed. Yeah. Um, we're a long way away from September, which is when I'm looking to start a career, but um yeah, those two, something that ties those two together for sure. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, at least you can understand that you want to follow a passion, not just follow the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we talked about like the injuries you've dealt with, but uh, what's like a piece of advice you would give someone who's dealing with an injury or down on themselves thinking 
they can't do it anymore. What, what's something you would say to them like that? Um, well, definitely, like I said, you know, with the pressure, understand that you're more than an athlete. Yeah. Um, in the world of athletics, it is crazy. You're particularly in track, you know, people know you for your PR. That's kind of the number that you are associated with. Yeah. Um, but if you can dissociate yourself from that, I know that you're an athlete for maybe two, three hours a day. Yeah. And the rest of the time, you're just you. You're a guy, you're a person, you're a female, you're a, a brother, a sister, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a whatever, a friend. Um, that's, that's the most important thing for me is um, be able to step away from your sport and put things into perspective. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm sure some people need to hear that out there. So you, um, obviously, there's a worldwide pandemic going on right now, if you haven't heard about that. Um, so what's it, what's it like back home for you? Have you, have you talked to your family or how are they doing? How's mm. have you been able to handle that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely difficult. Um, trying to, uh, you know, I'm living my life out here in the United States, but I'm also aware that the life, probably my future is in the UK and trying to track my family, my friends and how that's going to impact my future. Um, I mean, no one, no one really knows what's going on. That's the honest answer. And um, it's interesting seeing the UK and the US, they both handle things slightly differently. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think either of them got it right, but I don't think you can expect them to get it right. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah, it's a difficult situation for sure. Yeah. Now, did you, have you uh, trained here all the summers or um, do you go back home or when's the last time you were back home? Yeah. So I went, I went back home in March when COVID kind of kicked off and I was home for five months uh, which is the longest I've longest I've been at home for like five years so yeah that was nice it was nice to be home nice to spend time with my family and catch up with friends yeah as much as you can in that environment but um yeah strange situation um yeah yeah. now uh what was traveling like was the airport just a mess or was it hard to get through customs and stuff like that or I actually had my COVID trip, so from the UK to the US in August to get back for start semester was the easiest trip I've made in my three years out here. There was no one in the airport. The plane was empty. There was yeah. uh, staff were everywhere to help you because they weren't helping anyone else. Yeah. Um, no queues, no lines. Yeah, it was it was it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> now, did they um, require you to quarantine once you got here? Or once you got back home in March. Yeah, I had to, not when I got to March. When I went home to the UK, I didn't have to quarantine, but I had a two-week quarantine in December. Yeah, in August. Yeah, fair enough. Well, all right. Um, so when you when you come on the podcast, there's a game that everyone gets to play, and it's you have to name as many shoe brands for your sport. So as many running shoe brands as you can name in 15 seconds. Ooh. All okay. right. All okay. Right. Ready, set, yeah. go. All right, Nike, Adidas, New Balance, Mizuno, Zorconi, uh, Brooks, Asics. Oh, struggling here. Oh. On. There you go. Um, All right, you got eight there. I'm I'm happy to let you know that's that's first on the leaderboard. That's a new record. There we go. There we go. I should think so. I worked in a shoe store. I sold running shoes for a while. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think- should know those. <laughs> I think runners have it the easiest. I think there's more running shoes than any other brands in a, in a sport. So congrats. Yeah, really true. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, 
So, and then the other question that everyone gets to answer is if you, if you were able to have dinner with three athletes, dead or alive, who would they be and what, what would you cook for them? Wow. That's a tough question. That's a really good question. Um, it's kind of a loaded question. It's hard to, hard to think of just three. Yeah, put me on the spot right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't like you say I'm, I'm big into soccer, so you know, I'd like I'd love to have dinner with a soccer player that was at the top of their game, um, because that's what interests me. Yeah. Um, there's multiple that come to mind. So I would really struggle to pick one. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna be really general. Um, obviously, as a runner, you know I'd. Love to sit down with someone that <clears throat> maybe Steve Seb Coe, something like that, you know, yeah. world record holder is now in charge of the IAAF. Uh-huh. Um, top of his sport, top of the sport that I run in. Um, but also I'm big into like sports psychology. I'm a big believer that especially you know in running, when uh-huh. you step on that star line, it's probably mental that separates guys that were in the top three. It's probably more physical uh, psychological than uh, physical. Oh yeah. Um, so someone like Muhammad Ali, yeah, uh, I think he was a great example of how uh, you can win with your mind. Um, yeah. As to what I cooked them, they're three very different athletes, but <laughs> I, I, I love steak. I'm not gonna lie to you. If I'm, if I'm able to eat out, you wanna get per DM, I'm going for steak, so. <laughs> you can't go wrong with steak. Well, you could go wrong, but have someone else cook them, make sure they're, they're up to standard. <laughs> Well, that's, that's awesome. That's all the, all the time I got for you today. But um, thank you so much for coming on here. I appreciate it. And good luck with the rest of your season. And I'm see you in the next couple of days, I'm sure. No problem. Thank you very much. Yeah, take care. And that's all the time we had with Kieran. But I can't thank him enough for coming on the podcast and wish him the best of luck with all that's ahead for him. Thank you to everyone for tuning in and keep your eyes out for new episodes coming soon.